Coming up on This Week in Games, Apple Arcade has its big announcement. The UK's Parliament deems loot boxes, gambling, and Nintendo, well, does Nintendo and <laughs> releases an eccentric peripheral. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and this was a giant week. I knew this was coming. You know, we had some slower weeks <laughs> last month or so. I uh, admittedly had to stretch the news quite a bit some of those weeks, but here you go. This is the big week. It's full of releases, governance, acquisitions, fundraising, everything you can want in the game industry business news breakdown. So let's kick it off. Apple Arcade has its Big official announcement at an Apple special event this week. So, Apple Arcade, Apple's premium subscription service, will release on September 19th for $4.99 a month, or $5. Um, players will have access to an exclusive tab in the App Store, which will have over 100 premium games from MD publishers like Annapurna Interactive to, you know, your more established mainstream publishers like Capcom and Konami. No game will have ads or in-app purchases. That's amazing. Games can be played on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV, and a single subscription can support up to six family members. So that's a pretty interesting number. You know, they're outright knowing you're going to share these and go ahead and limit them. I, I assume six family members either means six Apple devices or does it mean six Apple IDs? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out. Now, I'm very interested in watching this. From a financial standpoint... I imagine it'll be net negative for a while. Like these games have a fixed cost, which were reported to be rather hefty. I mean, some reports said one to two million per game, all the way up to like five million per game of development or what Apple paid for exclusivity of the game. And really, I don't know if Apple can hit the scale needed to offset those numbers. Like if we really had to run the numbers, you know, how many people are going to do this? How long are they going to do it? it? It'll take them a while. Um, from one standpoint, uh, subscription services that give you over 100 games as an option go against conventional wisdom. And the conventional wisdom is that gamers, particularly mobile gamers, get attached to one or three games at a time and grind on those. Now, they may have a bunch of side games. So if you're a match three player, you'll play Candy Crush and whatever the top three are, like Homescapes, Gardenscapes. And then when you run out of your like daily energy for those three games, you might have like a plethora of other games. But those are your main games. Um and although they may have side games, they're really only playing a handful at a time. That's why games as a service has sprung up and kind of like exist to support that player habit. Like games as a service is the answer to that player habit. And this opens up questions about Apple Arcade. Like who who's going to play 100 games? And will these games have consistent content updates that people expect like games as a service? Will there be multiplayer who is supporting the online services that have variable costs? Because if you think... Let's just say 100,000 people are playing a synchronous multiplayer game. Who's paying for those servers given that the game's already paid for by Apple and they can't have ads or in-app purchases to get further revenue. So those servers are going to eat into whatever cost Apple paid for those games. Or Apple, is Apple going to run the cost of those servers? There's a lot. Um, and then on top of that, you know, like who, who really needs 100 games? Like if you play Clash of Clans and Clash Royale every day, are 100 games going to pull you away from that? And But but the other side is the App Store and the Play Store 
have essentially become a cesspool of gambling games and other titles whose sole purpose are to addict you and extract massive amount of monies from those kind of 2% of players that they convert and get addicted to spending. This is a step in the right direction for games as a medium, for changing like the player zeitgeist and kind of just stopping predatory monetization models. So regardless of if I utilize it as much as I should, I am going to subscribe to Apple Arcade and I suggest everyone give it a shot too. Like try it out for one month, give yourself one month of playing non-ad supported, non-IAP premium games on Apple Arcade and let's see if our habits change. Let's see if we kind of miss the games as a service games. Let's see what happens. And, you know, I think it's worth everyone giving a shot. All right, next up, the other side of this coin, speaking of gambling laws, the UK Parliament recommends loot boxes be classified and regulated as gambling. So there's some reasons to this. First off, the UK's Department for Digital Culture, Media, and Sports Parliamentary Parliamentary Committee has decided that, as EA famously described it, surprise mechanics should be regulated as gambling in the report they released this week after nine months of hearing and investigation. So the report was 84 pages long. I didn't read it because I'm too dumb to read 84 pages. Uh, It included everything from evidence from game developers, trade bodies, and academics. They also recommended a few other items, um, some highlights being children should be outright banned from interacting with loot boxes, that loot boxes should publicly display their kind of like odds for each item in the loot box and what you can get from the loot box and that items from loot boxes can in no way be traded for real money so the next steps would be to move to classify loot boxes as gambling so the uk gambling commission has the power to regulate them so that's that's kind of why this report was made so um games are still categorized as like digital media so they really have no like teeth to really regulate this so they need to classify this mechanic as gambling and then the gambling commission actually has the power to regulate it so this is kind of like where they are in the process and you know so far um industry trade organizations like the esa haven't been able to stop them now It's kind of like, there you have it, game industry. You got got greedy, and this is your punishment. I completely agree with the three points. Kids should in no way be exposed to slot machines that are in-app purchases and cost real money to pull. Kids aren't exposed to slot machines in casinos, so why should they be in digital games? Um, The odds should be publicly displayed. I think it's it's very fair because a lot of these games you actually don't really know, but you, you don't even have a chance to get the items you want because... They kind of like change every pull based on habits that you see. So although this chest you might think has a chance of getting the item you want, it actually doesn't. So like I think publicly displaying odds of every single pull of a loot box um, would just go outright fix that. Because no one would no one would put up for a game that they couldn't even get the item that they want from the loot boxes. And lastly, you cannot in any way trade loot box items to other players, which in turn would give them real money value. So no trading, no selling. Uh, I completely agree there because we all remember the Counter-Strike skin roulette machines or whatever the hell you call them that popped up a while ago. Um, So I agree with those three points. I am not on board with loot boxes being classified as gambling because the gambling commissions and regulators are notoriously bureaucratic and subject to corruption and lobbying. And we don't want games in that kind of grinder. So what's the answer? Honestly, it's it's probably very strong self-regulation with some governmental oversight or power. Like, don't let game mechanics get classified as gambling. 
um, but also give the government some power to do something about bad actors that skirt the rules set in place. Because I think right now, all the publishers, every company is just, I, I, I shouldn't say every company, a lot of companies are just so addicted to this and their entire revenue depends on this one mechanic. So telling them to change overnight isn't going to work. So the government needs some power, but I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I wanted to apply to law school, but I didn't get in. So you guys just get me uh, couch, <laughs> couch instead of couch quarterback, couch lawyering it. Um, but let's see how the UK advances on this report. Let's see what comes of it. I'm sure, I mean, honestly, if the UK steps in there and classifies this as gambling, you could probably see, see the rest of the EU follow suit. And then, you know, it could be a domino effect from there. So let's keep an eye on it. This is big. All right, next up. Nintendo announces a new ring controller and fitness game dubbed Ring Fit Adventure. So Nintendo decided this week that the Switch was probably too coherent of a product and that they needed to start forking off one-off peripherals that make no goddamn sense. So they announced a new fitness setup that could only be described as a yoga ring and an oversized bendable steering wheel <laughs> with a leg strap that holds a controller so i'm going to just say watch the trailer yourself i've tried to come up with a way to describe it it's so ridiculous it's like it's like a steering wheel that you can bend and twist but you hold for yoga purposes and then there's like leg straps to put joy cons in your leg uh, go watch the trailer type in ring fit adventure you'll see it Although I doubt this will sell in the seven figures, um, you have to hand it to Nintendo. They're the ones who have the drive to invent and release unique peripherals. Like, what other company would do Labo Cardboard or this Ring Con? Like, no one. And if we didn't have Nintendo, I feel like the game industry would miss some of this, like, random magic that just springs up from nowhere. So, gotta give it to Nintendo. Gotta give it to them. All right. More news. EA will test their own cloud gaming technology dubbed Project Atlas. So Project Atlas is EA's own cloud gaming platform, not to be confused with Stadia or Microsoft's Project X Cloud or Tencent's Project, whatever the hell Tencent is called, and Amazon probably has one under wraps as well. So EA's Project Atlas will support upcoming tests with FIFA 2019, Titanfall 2, Need for Speed Rivals, and Unravel. CTO Ken Moss went to Median to post... They are looking to test a variety of games on a variety of devices, including smart TVs and mobile display or mobile phones. So very interesting if this is a success. EA, kind of more than any other publisher due to its sports franchises, is primed to have a yearly subscription service for its games. Um, if they can also have their own cloud gaming relationship, they could effectively break off as an independent publisher that owns their entire destiny. So we'll have to see uh, how Project Atlas does for its first public test. But as you can see, like w without being under a technology or under another platform, like EA could own everything. So it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting to see. All right, quick pair of platform news. Valve updates its Steam Lab features. So now new six second uh, trailers dubbed micro trailers will be available for developers and a new search algorithm that I guess subtly suppresses top games was introduced. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, also, Discord pulls free games off of Nitro. Nitro being Discord's premium subscription service pulled its free library games due to players not engaging with those games. So like I just covered in the Apple Arcade news, gamers tend not to 
need a ton of free games to choose from. Like the Netflix model actually doesn't work for games, but they only instead need a handful of games that they already love. And those games are likely not under Nitro for free. So <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Last up in news, Nicholas president gets slammed by Kotaku. So Tyrone Rodriguez must have pissed someone off at Kotaku as they ran a giant expose also known as a hit piece on the president of Nicholas, a game porting studio. So I'm still torn on these pieces, like some anecdotal evidence that someone sucks as a person and it getting spread around is like, it's it's good and bad, but I don't, I don't really know if like Kotaku should be running it in this particular instance. So on one side, it's good to spread the news that someone is truly a terrible person and stops up and you need to stop others from making the mistake of putting their professional career in their hands. On the other side, there's no evidence for any of this stuff. I mean, there's a few text messages and emails, but none of it horrendous. And the stuff mentioned isn't really as bad. It's not even close to as bad as the sexual harassment and rape allegations that I covered a few weeks ago. I mean, I I briefly read the whole thing, and the guy comes off like a bit of a bro, and being a bro isn't illegal, so... It could just suck if you don't enjoy bro culture and you have to interact with this person professionally. And it doesn't sound like, you know, the most mature professional business person. So, you know, it's a free country. Don't work for them. And yeah, being a bro ain't illegal, but it sucks. (laughs) All right, let's run over some business news. So Disney is looking to dump Fox's video game division, Fox Next, after its acquisition. So Fox Next, the studio kind of most known for Marvel Strike Force, but they have a couple of games under their belt, actually a lot of VR games, is getting solicited for purchase. And this is because Disney CEO Robert Iger has expressed his desire to exit game development and game publishing altogether. And anyone that knows Disney Interactive's history can see why. It makes so much more sense to sell their IP to EA for their surprise mechanics than it does to try to make Mickey Mouse into a slot machine yourself. If Disney starts like you know, gouging players with the Star Wars IP. It looks bad on Disney. If Disney sells EA the Star Wars IP and EA gouges players and Disney gets a hard cut of that revenue, hey, Disney looks good. All right, next up. GameStop is back in the news for shuttering around 200 stores globally as part of their ongoing restructuring or, in plain English, making their stock worth more than the paper it's printed on. GameStop is consolidating its retail presence by closing around 200 low-performing stores globally, CFO James Bell said 95% of their stores are profitable, and they'll be closing the ones that aren't. Makes sense. I mean, that's <laughs> business 101, I imagine. Their stock took another nosedive, though, after the announcement going from $5 a share to about $4.19 a share. All right, Capcom wins some nonsense patents against Koei. So Capcom holds the patents to loading and unlocking save files from an older title to unlock content in a new game, as well as controller vibrations to alert players of nearby enemies. What the fuck? Who the fuck awarded a patent on the controller vibrating to alert players of nearby enemies? And I I can 100% guarantee you Capcom was not the first company to introduce this. It was someone in like the Nintendo 64 Rumble Pack days. It's so ridiculous. Um... But very innovative, Capcom. Good job. Koei is required to play something like 1.5 million. 
the reality is the lawyers on both sides will receive all the money and Capcom and Koei look stupid for doing this in the first place. And this conjures up images of, in my opinion, the worst game industry patent in recent history, which was owned by Namco, which was patenting interactivity or mini games during loading screens. And Namco famously shuddered a lot of crap with that. So <sighs> patent law strikes again. All right, let's round it off with some Series A. So Drive Time developer of voice streaming games to be played well, while driving, raises $11 million in their Series A. So led by the Maker Fund, who has been popping up more and more lately, um, and its initial seed investors, DriveTime Series A finished at $11 million. DriveTime wants to create voice-driven games to be played, well, while you drive. DriveTime is debuting its Jeopardy license, while the main app simply features, like, it's just like voice-driven trivia questions that kind of refresh daily. You have to do a subscription fee of $10 a month, which is kind of ridiculous for trivia questions and i don't know something tells me that there's a lot of legal consequences to developing games to be played while driving that hasn't been fully investigated so <laughs> let's keep an eye on drive time for all the wrong reasons all right betadorf raises 6.6 million in their own series a led again by makers fund who is borderline indexing early stage game investments at this point uh, led the investment also with main staples like London Venture Partners and a new investment company called One Up Ventures. Makers Fund is almost ready for their own This Week in Games breakdown given how much money they've been pumping into the industry. <laughs> Betadorf is based out of Copenhagen and wants to create a new genre of games that focus on friendship and fight loneliness. Uh, I guess we'll have to take a look at uh, what friendship as a game mechanic looks like. And last news today, this week, for everyone, last news, last story. Improbable acquires Midwinter Entertainment, the developer behind Scavenger. So Improbable, Improbable, the owner of Spatial OS, has acquired a new developer to beef up their internal development efforts. Midwinter Entertainment is based out of Seattle, and it's most known for a game that hasn't been released, but has had a bunch of trailers since like 2018, Scavengers, which I guess looks like a mishmash of Battle Royale and kind of survival games. Honestly, I don't know why Improbable started acquiring content companies. Like, it, it would be like if Epic didn't, if Epic wasn't a developer, publisher, or digital for, storefront and just was a game engine and, and decided to start acquiring content companies. Like, if Unity just started buying mobile game companies that use Unity, doesn't seem like a good use of money from Improbable, Improbable but, you know, maybe, maybe they have desires to be a publisher. Who knows? All right. That's it for this week in games. Pretty big week. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, please give me five stars. If you don't like what you hear, then rant on <laughs> the review on your favorite podcast app. I'll be reading them. And uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't. And I'll see you guys next week for more video game industry news background. I'm Eric McConnell. Take care.